When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And ladies and gentlemen, the 2021 NBA champion, your Milwaukee Bucks. That was fun to watch. I mean, I don't ordinarily root for the success of Wisconsin-based sports teams, no, but I think just through the prism of what can we learn as a fellow flyover, quote-unquote, city, what can the Timberwolves learn from the Bucks? what can Minnesota learn from Wisconsin? That's going to be the theme of this chunk of Mackie and Judd today. We've got Write That Down predictions and accountability session, but uh, we are Mackie and Judd. Declan is our executive producer. And we provide what we think, anyways, is daily Minnesota sports entertainment. And we want titles. And we're going to get more into that because we've been saying that for a long time here. And we've been reiterating it at every show. But um, I want to start you guys off with our, our buddy Henry Lake. I used to produce for Henry like 14, 15 years ago at a different radio station. And he tweeted something out that I want your guys' reaction to late last night. Giannis was able to do in Milwaukee what Kevin Garnett wasn't able to do in Minnesota. Real talk, no shade. <laughs> I love H. Lake. I do too. Your thoughts? I love H. Lake. Uh, yeah, he's right. He's right. And and so I guess the I guess if you play out his tweet a little bit to be like, okay, what are the specifics that match up beyond? Giannis, you would say that Middleton's role was supposed to be played a little bit like by a guy like Marbury, and and at their height, by the way, you know, before McHale became whatever he became, GM wise, because no, but I mean seriously, the end there, we we talk about McHale like he stunk as a GM, and at the end, it wasn't pretty. But let's be honest, no, in the nineties, let's give him credit, he drafted KG. He went, and I mean, we could talk about the Ray Allen Marbury swap all we want, but when that trade was made, that gave you the point guard in a different era, just to be clear, that you sorely lacked. He made the Gugliata trade, which was what? Danielle Marshall, who I think was like the second overall pick in his draft. It's like and, fifth or something, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Garnet, or I'm sorry, uh, McHale quickly said, oh, whoops, this ain't going to work. He's not, he's not what we thought, right? So we flipped him in 
the googly out of trade, which at that time, googly oogly oogly was a really (laughs) good player. So you had a threesome there and it didn't work, but you had a threesome that certainly felt like it had the potential to work. But I mean, I think H Lake's tweet is right on. Uh, Garnett was a guy who much like Giannis was, um, I think there was a lot of unknown there. Like everybody knew these guys were talented, but Garnett, was the first player I think since about 1972 at the time that he was drafted to come straight out of high school because that rule had just been put in place. And of course it's gone now for a while where you could take a guy like that. Giannis again. I mean, if we have to go back to this, Giannis was taken um, one pick after Utah for the Minnesota Timberwolves selected uh, Shabazz. So there was definitely questions about him and I think H. Lake is right on. I think that, yeah, that was – Garnett was supposed to get you that championship, and he, he was going to be the dominant guy to lead the way. Unfortunately, it didn't work. Had, what, one decent playoff run. Um, so, yeah. I love yeah, the I, th- I, th- I think the main insinuation is that, it you know, in both cases – it's sort of a Midwest flyover NBA city, and you're you're just you're not going to have that super team that the Lakers can build every five or ten years or the Miami Heat. So it's it's one star that's homegrown that takes lumps with a losing team for a couple years, and then they sort of grow their way into a playoff team and then into a contender. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest differences are Giannis was able to keep it together with his Robin. Chris Middleton for eight years and Kevin Garnett and Stefan Marbury for a few different reasons. Now I'll still, I'll still fight you to the sports argument death that Ray Allen would have been so much better and would have like Ray Allen plus Kevin Garnett for 10 plus years. We could relitigate that some other time, but like I think Giannis's personality is more conducive to, Hey, everybody, we're going to create, like we're going to work our asses off. We're going to have high expectations and if you don't fit that culture, we're not going to accept it. But this is sort of an open arms, like we're creating a, a fun Milwaukee basketball community here and everything is inclusive on the team and, you know, it's about empowerment. And I think sometimes Kevin Garnett's personality, even though the public loved him, KG's personality is more of like a browbeating sort of, sure. like he'll fight your ass in practice, mm-hmm. very abrasive. And I think that's part of the reason why there tended to be some turnover, right? Like, you know, he wasn't able to sort of make it work with like Marbury's ego starts to pop up. And like right. some of that might have happened regardless. Steph got, but Steph got jealous. But I also don't think like if, if you would have put Giannis back on that team, I think Giannis would have had a better chance to keep it all together with his personality than KG. Right. They just have polar opposite personalities. Um, I do think KG, once he finally got the sort of the Sam Cassell and Latrell Sprewell three-headed monster. That wasn't a super team because those guys were both sort of on the back end of their primes. But I think if Sam Cassell doesn't hurt his hip, I think I think the Timberwolves beat the Lakers. Instead of losing in six, I think they win in six or seven. Mm-hmm. And I think they beat that Pistons team. That was a tough Pistons team. But that Lakers team was just like full of jealousy, envy, ego, and was ready to implode in the finals. I think this narrative is different if Cassell doesn't hurt his hip, but that's the way things work in the NBA. Full disclosure, though, if I sat down sight unseen with Giannis and KG as they neared their like, if, if I was going to draft one, okay, and I don't know a thing about them, I'm just I've just been told that they're good basketball players. I would full disclosure probably take KG 
because I love how he's wired. Like, yeah, Giannis is a great guy. He's turned out to be a great guy. And I, mean, I don't know he, if I can say that anymore. Um, last night, man. What? KG can't do what Giannis did last no, night. No, 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 no. But I'm saying sight unseen. So, like, I, I haven't seen that game. I don't know. Okay. I'm saying if you just put them in front of me and say, Judd, you need to draft one of these two. Talk to them and see what you think. The KG competitive fire, I would have absolutely loved. And, yes, he could be a, a first-class a-hole, but that also ma- made him good. Um, and I wouldn't have seen – I wouldn't have thought that Giannis could get to the point that he did last night. That's what impressed me so much. Like, there's a – there's a weird gear there because personality-wise, it doesn't make sense. Like, KG having the game that Giannis had last night would have surprised me less because that's just KG. He's wired like that. Giannis, to do what he did, I would not have previous to to these playoffs probably or the last couple of years. I would not have predicted. So just full disclosure, going yeah. back, I would still probably take KG because I'm never going to sit here and crap on competitive fire because how many times do I say – that person doesn't have competitive fire. Yeah. Well, also, but Giannis, that's the thing. Like, Giannis has it maybe more than anybody in the NBA. You're right. But yeah. because he's, he's he's European and he's, you know, I think I, I think he's sort of ostracized from the rest of the superstars in the league, too. Like, all the superstars for the last two weeks. LeBron sitting courtside, like, here to support Chris Paul. They're all supporting Chris Paul. And I, I love that Giannis has essentially altered what everyone perceives that you need to win a championship. That 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 the, the the two sort of blueprints put together are you need to sh- you need to shoot lights out three pointers because that's what the Warriors have done and all of LeBron's teams have basically been like LeBron plus a bunch of three point shooters and then and then you need some sort of either super team or three headed monster right like you just you need to do what the Lakers and the Nets are doing which is just go hire a bunch of mercenaries there's really no hometown homegrown. Equity, just go hire mercenaries like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and LeBron James. And like those are the only two ways, and maybe both of those things combined for you to win a championship. And Giannis and the Bucks have shown everyone a different blueprint, which sort of segues into the question about the Timberwolves. And I know this is a reach and a leap to go from the things we just talked about with the Bucks and Giannis in the last three minutes to anything regarding the Timberwolves over the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. But the Wolves have something interesting brewing. They've got two number one picks in Cat and Ant who are growing into their own. D'Lo, they've got, I mean, we'll get to the latest Timberwolves trade report here in a second, but they're looking to be active this offseason. And the Bucks and the Suns have shown everyone you can make a jump. Like, you can do it homegrown. You can make a jump. You don't have to be in, an, in a coastal L.A., Miami, New York City, right? Do the Timberwolves have anything resembling Bucks DNA? If you look sort of down the road, like do they have anything resembling what could be a Giannis level alpha superstar? Are there things this Timberwolves team can look across the border at the Bucks and say, all right, let's go to school on that? Or is it just too far fetched? No, as far as going to school, absolutely. There, there's a ton to learn. There is a ton. If, if you don't learn, if Gerson Rosas, who's a smart dude, if he doesn't learn, something's wrong, but he will learn. First of all, I think what the Bucks show you, and this is the fundamental philosophy of building, I think, any championship team. At least that's what I think from a GM's perspective. Um, the, it starts with this, the foundation of your stars. And I'm not just talking that they're good players. So, like, you can't just be, a, oh, man, he's a good player. The foundation of your stars, and I'll give you 
the perfect example. When you're building a championship team, much like a high rise, you've got to have the right components at the base of that to make sure it's sturdy. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is where I think Ant is important. Not because he is potentially a great player. More importantly, because of his personality and his talent. Um, the Timberwolves for a long time were just, and I mean, I think we were too, but we, but we were wrong or at least hoping blindly, saying, well, Cat's that guy. Cat's a transformational player. Cat's a great player. Kat, and Cat, look, Cat's skill set is great. But he is not the main, he's not going to hold the whole building up when all hell breaks loose. Giannis can. Ant has a better chance because look at how the the fact, I mean, I will go back to this and you can laugh at me all you want. When a 19 year old kid is bringing in the team's quote unquote superstar, which is cat into the post game zooms to yuck it up with him in front of the media, which is by the way, a bunch of curmudgeonly adults. That's impressive. Like that's foundational stuff of, this guy knows how to take control. And that's a God-given talent. You cannot just say, anoint Cat. You're going to lead this team. That's not Cat's skill set. Doesn't mean he can't be a great player. So that's one. The other part, and the Wolves are not here yet, but this becomes the most important part of, of the difference between a championship team and a team that's sort of grasping its stress. So Dukes told us that the Wolves were interested in P.J. Tuckerton before he went to, to the Bucks. Yeah. Um, guys like... Portis and P.J. Tucker are the final pieces of a championship DNA team. So they don't get inserted right now. Like, it's not like, yeah, let's just throw them on the team and then expect too much. That's the problem is we always expect guys who play really good supporting roles. Well, if he goes to my team, he's going to play an instrumental role. That's not his role. So as far as learning, absolutely. Like, there is a blueprint here, and it's been there, but there is a blueprint here that you can go to school on I think the ant component's important. Uh, The cat component where it's been placed in the building is important. The one thing I don't know completely, D-Lo. But these are all the type of things that you have to have figured out before you start to be like, let's supplement now with this guy or that guy. The supplementation comes later when you know that you're about set to pop. Yeah. I think like the the two biggest things I think the Wolves should go to school on, and and these are just sort of – questions to pose and then you got to figure them out number one who is your I'm not going to say who is your Giannis or who is your LeBron because like those guys are Giannis is an that he has now become and will continue to become an all-time great player what he did last night is only a small handful of players in the history of the NBA can do what he did last night which is I'm just going to go to a different planet mentally I'm going to score 50 points I'm not a good free throw shooter, but tonight I'm making all of them, right? Like, who is your go-to-a-dark-place mentally, block everything else out, and do what is necessary to pull your franchise either from losing to winning as a culture or in the case of a game game six, game seven, like a a micro game, like I'm going to do anything necessary within these 48 minutes. Like, who is your go-to-a-dark-place mentally, and emerge in a better place as a team. It's not Cat. That doesn't mean that Cat is disposable. I mean, I'll admit, like six months ago, I came on this show, and I was so frustrated by the Wolves just getting drubbed by 20 points every night. I know they had injuries, but it was like, dude, Cat, this can't happen on your watch, man. It can't. But now that Ant has emerged into sort of the, the personality and the scorer and the player that we saw in the last two months, 
I think Ant has the best chance to what you just said, Judd, to be that guy. Like, all right, Wolves, who's taken you from a 20-win team to a 50-win team? Who's taken you in a must-win playoff game to a dark place and coming out victorious on the other side? Like, I think there's another level to Cat's personality and game, but Ant seems to have more of that than than Cat. The other thing is, and this is something that just gets overlooked in today's NBA because it's all about offense and threes and, you know, how many shooters can you accumulate on your team and how much spacing can you get on offense and all these things. And it's like, ultimately, the reason why the Bucks won this series, in addition to having Giannis, is because they had guys like Drew Holiday. Let's specifically say Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. That they could just say, all right, Chris Paul's a problem. He's a Hall of Fame point guard, and he carved us up in the first couple games here. You're gonna ride him for 90 feet for 40 minutes, like, or if it, or or Booker, like, we're gonna take this guy, and he's going to be the defensive stopper, and he's gonna make plays late, and more importantly, he's gonna wear out whoever he needs to wear out throughout the course of a seven game series. The Wolves don't have anything like that defensively on their team right now, but they need something like. And Ben, by the way, this is why people ask, why are you guys so high on Ben Simmons? He can't shoot. Well. There's some flaws, and I, I question some of his drive and personality, but that dude plays defense at a ridiculously high level, and if you can just sort of put him in a spot where he's the third guy on a team and you need to be a lockdown defender, it's interesting for that reason. So who's your dark place superstar, and who's going to help you stop an opposing team from putting up 125 points on you? And those are the two main things you have to sort of look at to – if you want to be the Bucks at some point, like you yeah. need those things. But you have to sort out. So the most important thing, though, that they have to do is they have to definitely, definitively sort out the ant-cat dynamic there. Um, what Giannis does to me, too, and I think Ant has the opportunity to do this, and I don't think Cat does. I don't think it's in him. He literally empowers his team, and he puts them in a place where they know what he wants, when he wants it, which sometimes means clear out, I'll take care of this. Um, I don't think Cat has that. If if this was um, gears, I don't think Cat has that gear to do that. That doesn't mean he can't take over a game, but I'm talking about the everybody looks and they're like, I know what to do here. Like, yeah. I know exactly what you want. I think if Ant completely uh, or, or becomes the player that we think he can be, he might have that because, again, that's a leadership thing. That's something that comes from, okay, this is what this guy needs right now. And you know what, Phil, at times last night, Giannis literally, I think, was telling his team, at least from a nonverbal standpoint, clear out of the way. I got this. Yeah. Um, well, the Suns are going to have a lot more time to golf now. I mean, so will the Bucks, but the Suns in particular are going to have a lot of time no. to just sort of think and contemplate. Great place to play golf, so it's perfect. Yeah. It really is early morning, and, uh, golf, that is. and I'm and I'm sure there are you know PXG locations in the Phoenix area, but the one that we want you guys to pay attention to is PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center. Actually, the Suns might be too sad to golf today. I felt bad for a couple of those guys. Um, like Monty Williams was like, well, he, it was he went into the Bucks locker room afterwards and basically yeah. said, "You guys made me a better coach. Yeah. Super happy for you." Whew. I, I'll um, tell you right now. Any professional athlete worth his or, or her salt is picking up the PXG apparel today. <laughs> they ain't that sad. You're, you're going golfing. Nothing's keeping them off the course. Yeah, we make $40 million a year. You're Chris Paul. You can probably get over it. Uh, maybe go get some of those Gen 4 clubs, the best performing clubs PXG has ever made. PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center and find out more 
at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. All right, we so another thing we talk about oftentimes on this show, and I don't know, maybe we're just being too... I think maybe sometimes we're just like taking a small reaction from social media and maybe blowing it up, but people tend to rip us for seven and a half years. Judd and I have been doing a show. Declan's been producing for us um, for the last couple of years, and people tend to rip us for being, quote-unquote, too negative, right? Like, why are you guys not just positive with the Vikings? Why, are you, why can't you guys just enjoy the four-game sweep over the Tigers leading into the All-Star break? And... Last night had me thinking, like, I'm watching 65,000 Bucks fans outside the arena, 20,000 fans in the arena, mm-hmm. just, like, having, as sports fans, having a set, essentially a religious experience, right? Like, they've been waiting for this as basketball fans since 1971. And I just, like, I just want to say we're not, we're not negative, I'd like to think. I mean, we have a blast on this show. You know, it's 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 every day we have fun and we try to entertain. And I think we we like one of the main mottos on this show was like, how can we have fun with Minnesota sports? Right? Like that's. But we also have high standards and we set a high bar and we want titles and we say that every day on the show on this show and Purple Daily, we want championships. And, like, I'll just speak for myself. I want Minnesota sports fans to feel the way that Wisconsin sports fans felt last night and the way that Packers fans have felt a couple times with Hall of Fame quarterbacks the last 30 years, right? I don't think it's negative to just hold your professional sports teams to a high standard. And last night was a great example. If you want to feel that way as a sports fan, and if you've been a fan of the Twins the Timberwolves, the Wild, and the Vikings, the four heritage franchises, and Wild I'm saying because North Stars, right? You can't just sort of shrug your shoulders and, well, I guess we'll just sort of, like, media and fan pressure matters to front offices and ownership groups. And I'm not saying we have to be Boston, New York, and just be pissed at the world in Philadelphia, like, five minutes after you win the Super Bowl, like, all right, fire everyone again. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, it's okay to have high sports standards and hold your teams accountable. And, in fact, I think it's necessary if you want them to achieve what you saw last night in downtown Milwaukee. Well, and again, it is – and I, I don't have the Wisconsin sports hate that lots of people in this state do. In, in fact, I feel like we spend more time hating Wisconsin teams lots of times that, than we do huh. trying to figure out how we can win here. but because that's because of our sports insecurity that Correct. is built up. Over but that being said, I mean, this is just, but I mean, this is another team, and by the way, a smaller market, again, from that state that won a championship. So now it's like, why can't the Wolves beat the Bucks? And that's a legitimate question. And by the way, it's not like Giannis was the first overall pick. So it's not like, well, the Wolves didn't have the pick that year. No, actually, they found a way and drafted uh, Antetokounmpo after the, after the Wolves took Shabazz. Okay, let's go to the Packers then. Well, the Packers have Rodgers. Well, let's see. They drafted him, if I'm not mistaken, 24th after the Vikings had two first-round picks in 2005. And so that's like, that's a very good pick. Congratulations there. Um, And then I, I think the biggest example, and Phil, we've talked about this several times on our show through the years, the biggest example is the Badgers. Like, there is no reason why the University of Minnesota, there is no reason, can't be as equally as successful. So instead of hating on them, I think it makes more sense to look at them and say, how did they achieve this? Like, why are the Bucks now NBA champions? 
Why are the Badgers always good in sports that the golfers wish they could be good in when it comes to the men's side of things, not necessarily the women's? Um, and the Packers, I mean, we could say all we want about Favre having one Super Bowl and Rodgers having the same is underachieving. Yeah. But guess what they have? Two Lombardi trophies in that time that we don't have. In fact, we don't have one, and we don't have a Super Bowl appearance in this town since 1977. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that our – it's weird – and I don't know why we accept this as sports fans here. I think that our hate is misplaced because we, we hate on their success instead of looking at that and saying, how can we get there? Why aren't we there? I mean, the Milwaukee Brewers are in first place right now. Milwaukee's going through a great stretch. It is a smaller market, probably substantially than our market. Better front office than the 25. Uh, right we've now. got, we've got a hockey team. They don't. Last time I checked, we coined it in the year 2000, the state of hockey. The state of hockey has never been to a Stanley Cup uh, finals, and it's now 20-some-odd years. So it's not like the Wilds knew. So, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong. And you know what? If teams listen good, if they don't, I don't care. I'm going to sit here and, if not demand, then talk about lack of success. And, by the way, when when our teams are successful, we celebrate it. Flat out. We'd love to fire Ode to Joy up more often on this show, but <laughs> got to fl- give us a reason to, man. And, and flat out, the reality is this. It's better for everybody, the teams, the fan base, and us here at Score North and the media landscape all over the Twin Cities if these teams are good because what happens? People get excited about it. Like I, our guy Rami right now. He's been on the air for like 36 straight hours doing yeah. buck stuff. How much? How jealous am I? But do I hate him for that? Absolutely not. Do I want that? Yes. How do we get there? You know, and I mean, you guys sort of joke, but I'm 51. There's a very real chance. Now, I've seen two championships, and by the way, that makes me want them more. I mean, I saw two game sevens within, what, five years? That's phenomenal. You should have seen the people outside the Dome in 87 and 91, the happiness, the celebrate. I mean, you are atop the sports world in that sport. In that sport. Um, And so having seen that, I am now to the point where I am fearful. I'm going to drop dead someday without seriously, without seeing another championship. I can't tell you what that feels. It's 91 is so long ago now that my experience with especially that game seven, which is, you know, an unbelievable sporting event. It's like a dream now. It's like a dream. It's like a perfect dream. I want that back. I don't think that that is like that's not negative to ask for that back. And if it comes close to me being bitter or demanding, I mean, you can ca- characterize my my view any way that you want. But I'm tired of sitting here talking about 18 game losing streaks. I'm tired of talking about the Wilds' two big splash free agent signings being bought out and ultimately didn't work because you didn't even get to a Stanley Cup. I'm tired about talking about vaguely recalling the Vikings' last Super Bowl appearance when I was like six or seven. I can barely remember it. And since then, it's been Choke City. And the Timberwolves have now been around longer than the North Stars were. And by the time the North Stars left, at least they had made two appearances in the finals. So if you're not tired of it, that's your prerogative. But as long as I'm being paid to work here, I'm going to be tired about it and articulate that. And however you want to paint me, that's up to you. But I want to see 
more titles before I die. Amen. Declan's the youngest of us all. He was not even – I was six in 1991. And, I'll, by the way, I know people are going to yell, well, you guys are ignoring the links. I have a, I have a thought on that in a second. But, Declan, the floor is yours. Yeah, I, I haven't – I've seen every team be on the cusp of a conference. I've seen every team in the conference final in my lifetime. In fact, I, I think we had a run where it was four years in a row. I saw the Vikings in the NFC Championship game in 01. Saw the Wild in the conference finals in 03. Wolves 04. Um, I, we were right there. And ever since then, twins o two, twins o two as well, yeah. So I, and that was like you know my form. That's nine, ten, eleven, twelve years old. You're kind of blinders on. You're understanding sports, but I, I didn't. Now that I'm twenty eight, almost thirty years old, I haven't seen a baseball team win a playoff game in nineteen tries. Nineteen tries. I told someone last night. I said when baseball playoffs are on. I go into a completely different zone. Actually, Phil got to see that firsthand in the studio yesterday or last year watching the Astros. I don't think he'll ever watch another playoff game with me ever again if we live in the same state. Um, I I get into a hyper focus that I want to watch this because I haven't gotten to see this. Um, you know, I grew up a sports fan with my dad. My like my most memorable moments with my dad watching sports are the, the the two that come to mind the most are just John Gordon in the garage, having that on, listening to Twins radio broadcast. And then the Gopher women's basketball team with Waylon and McCarble's run to the Final Four. Those were the most formidable, awesome moments, dad and son, just us watching sports. And I haven't even been able to come to that peak. And by the way, those moments with those twins who never won a playoff game since, and even though that run with the Gopher women's basketball team was so much fun, still came up short. So I, I still haven't even figured out what it's like for, to see my team in a championship. And in 2019, when the Twins are kicking ass and it's the Bomba Squad and people are telling me, just enjoy this after being a, a, a dormant for the last eight years, and two years later, the bus is completely off the tracks, and now you're coming at us saying that, oh, like, oh, well, why, why didn't you just enjoy it while it lasts? Or the Wild are here in a Game 7. That was so much fun. Parise scores a goal after being scratched. I don't give a bleep. I want to see these teams move on to the next level. And if Milwaukee can do this, so can we. This isn't New York. This isn't L.A. It wasn't Chicago that won the NBA Finals. It was the Milwaukee bleeping Bucks. The Wolves can do this. The Wild can do this. The Twins. And maybe even the, the Vikings can do this, too. So I just want to see that once. Please. Please. I don't know if I'm going to cry of happiness or sad right now. I, yeah, no, I'm man. Worked this up. Is, I'm worked up. a time of reflection. Today is a time of reflection. I mean, it is. It's like when the Lakers win the championship, it's like, ah, that's, yeah, it's about right. Right. When the Bucks win the championship, or if the Brewers win the World Series, it's a time for reflection, and it's a time mm-hmm. to look at in your own front and backyard. And I and I want to acknowledge because I know that there are other professional sports teams in town. Minnesota United is still so new; like they're only five years old in the in, in MLS. And so, like, yes, they're they're building a great, loyal, passionate base of fans, but they don't have the you know, 50, 60 year history of being in a top. I mean, the MLS is only 25 years old or whatever. So last night, the Lynx, because the Lynx are the ones that get disrespected a lot. Like the Lynx had a dynasty and they won four championships over like seven or eight years or whatever it was. But sometimes the Lynx need to pump the brakes a little bit. Like the link, I don't know if you guys saw this last I night. I saw their tweet, yeah. They took a screenshot. I actually think uh, our guy Bubba from 10K Takes was the first one. Like, this is, I think this graphic's from like three years ago. Because mm-hmm. I believe it was posted after Toronto won the championship. 
mm-hmm. in the NBA. And so it, most consecutive seasons completed since the last championship appearance across MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL cities. So cities with all four. Mm-hmm. and um, Or cities with some combination. And if you combine all of the years since those four leagues have been to a championship game, Minneapolis-St. Paul has a 30-year lead, like when you add them all up, 103 combined years. Toronto was at 73. Milwaukee was at 73 then. And so you t- and they're including, I would assume, Packers and I would assume Brewers. And so they, I don't know, do the math. They got it up into the 80s. Right. But the Lynx took that graphic and said, I guess four rings isn't enough for SportsCenter. I roll and got, you know, got the internet all raged up last night. And all I want to say is like, yes, the WNBA gets disrespected. And yes, the Lynx don't always get the credit that they deserve. But there's a lot of people that have been fans of the Vikings, the North Star slash Wild, the Twins, like the Judd Zolgads. The Timberwolves go back to the 1980s. There's people that have been fans, diehard fans of these men's teams for generations. Like, since the 60s, right? It's been ingrained in your DNA from grandfather and mother down to father, son, daughter, like, for generations. And so I I don't like sort of taking away from the way that Vikings and, like, it's it, to me it's not cool to say, Vikings fan, you need to stop complaining about your misery. The Lynx won four championships. Like, well, and we appreciate that. Like, we can appreciate that and also feel misery as Vikings and Wolves and Wild slash North Stars and Twins fans. And it's always a zero-sum game. I don't like that type of tweet. Like, it's like the graphic specified these four that, leagues. That's those are the right. big. Those are like the longest-running, biggest leagues in America. Correct. They're not trying to slight you. And I would argue that. You know, the you know, fans show up for Lynx games. The Lynx get a ton of coverage in the Twin Cities, maybe not as much as Vikings, but there's there's reasons for that. And also, it's I think you can say women's sports deserves more of a platform. And if you've been a fan of these men's sports for decades and decades and decades, you deserve to feel misery too. Like, yeah. quit turning it into a zero-sum game and starting, you know, fights and rage on Twitter. The, the other thing, too, that I think that a tweet like that fails to recognize is this. I love the sport of hockey. And if the wild won a Stanley cup, it would be awesome. Like I, I would really enjoy it and that would be cool, but that would not satisfy Vikings fans whom there's a lot more of um, the WNBA yeah. and NHL come much closer in being cult sports. Like they're loved by those that love them, but I would not say that they're widely, widely followed where, where the national football league is. So um, this whole thing is, it's not like you can just make every sport a mainstream sport because you love the sport. I gave up on that a long time ago. Yeah. I, I quit trying to tell people you have to love hockey too. Cause I do. And I just said, you know what, if you enjoy it, awesome. If you don't, that's fine too. But not everything has to be a debate about, well, you're not respecting my sport e- enough. Um, I don't care what the gender is. I don't care what the conversation is. Guess what? National football league wins hands down. It's why I've always said this. My one goal, just as far as an observational standpoint, too, is to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl 
because I have no idea what would happen. Like if the Wild won a Stanley Cup, I think I know. It'd be really cool. But I think I could envision it, right? Like in my head, I can see the parade. I can see the fans coming out. It would be very cool. Timberwolves, pretty much the same thing. Again, very, very cool. The Twins, I know because I've seen it. I can't tell you right now what would happen if the Vikings won a Super Bowl. So not every slight has to do with a sexist um, agenda. Not everything does. The Vikings... I'm going to tell this to the Lynx, to the Wild, to everybody. Don't care what your gender is. The Vikings are a bigger deal than your team. Yeah, it's it's true. Um, not close to twins. Yeah. Well, that was that felt good. I feel like I think I feel like we needed that. After I think sometimes I think some fans celebrate. I think sometimes we we decide that we're going to have an agenda and and shoehorn it into what our agenda is. When if you look outside that agenda, there's probably another reason and a better one why sometimes things occur. Uh, let's take a quick deep breath here for a few different reasons and gear up for some write that down predictions and accountability session. This is Mackie and Judd, daily sports entertainment. And damn it, we just want titles. Uh, yeah, most sports talking heads make predictions. Then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd. Write this down. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions write that down. and keep track of each other's batting averages. It's Write That Down. Write it down. You like writing things down. With Mackie and Judd. Yep. That's right. The most innovative segment in sports talk. At least that's what we like to think. We have a very high opinion of ourselves <laughs> here. Despite what our low batting averages historically would say, this is Write That Down with Mackie and Judd. We also do a football-centric version of this every Wednesday on Purple Daily. We are the only show in America that keeps track of our predictions and holds each other accountable. We're going to get our guy Toby in as the guest listener predictor, but here is how it works. Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. Judd has been leading in both categories for like two straight years. And uh, listeners, if you want to participate, send Declan a message through the Score North app. You can tap on the feedback tab at the bottom and just send a quick message to Declan, and we'll get you scheduled. How are you guys feeling here? You guys feeling pretty confident? A lot of things coming off the board with NBA season being over. Yeah. Expansion draft. I'm not nervous, I'll say that. I feel like I feel like I can hold my lead for at least another week. So I'm not real nervous. Declan? Uh, I know I had some things come off the board, but um, I think I'm trending in a good direction here. I think uh, I think I, I see a hot summer heating up here for me at the end here. Hot Declan summer? Hot Declan summer, and that is <laughs> hot Dexy, kind hot of Dexy been a thing. summer. It's kind of been a thing. <laughs> Where did that start? Oh, my God. <laughs> Who started that? Hot Dexy summer. Um, <laughs> by the way, speaking of, speaking of hot summer here, boys, um, Boy, Burnsville Heating and Air is doing some great work with HVAC systems, giving people the air-conditioned reprieve that they need at their homes when it's 90-plus degrees, and they are hiring. So if you're looking for full-time work right now, and if you, even if you don't live anywhere near Burnsville, so he, here's, here's the perks, all right? You can work within 10 to 20 minutes of your home on job sites. You don't have to drive to Burnsville. They offer full-time, year-round positions with lots of overtime opportunities, and they're giving out up to $2,000 sign-on bonuses. Think about that. So if you're looking for work, if you're looking to transition, even if you don't have any experience when it comes to a new construction HVAC installation, they're hiring 
entry-level apprentices. They'll train you on the job. They're hiring leads, finishers, and equipment setters. Check them out at BurnsvilleHeating.com and click careers. BurnsvilleHeating.com and click careers. All right, let's get to the accountability session here, boys. Let's waste no time. Judd Zolgad had a bunch of stuff come off the board here. Ooh, yeah, no. Oh, I got a couple. All right, you said the Suns will beat the Bucks in six games. You got it. You got the games right. Well, I said that when Bucks it was six. 1-0, and I think that's when you predicted it was going to be a Sun sweep, and I said, I don't think it's going to be a sweep, but I think the Suns will win in six. I was hacked. <laughs> uh, Matt Dumba, you said Matt Dumba or will drunk. be traded by the time the expansion draft arrives on July 21st. To this point now, results are leaking out. I haven't seen anything. Trades are frozen Mm-mm. right now. so That's an old uh, old one, too. Old prediction from me. So, yeah, I'm not surprised. The Wild will make Capo, the goaltender they protect in the Dang expansion draft. He oh. is unprotected, but indications are he will not be selected. You guys will do a full episode on this later. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, you did say the Twins will take a pitcher in the first round of the MLB draft. Nice job. And uh, you said Dean Evison will be a finalist for the Jack Adams Award, which he was. That was a few weeks ago. Okay. We'll write that down clean up here. That was back in June. So not a bad week. Two of five Four for Judd Zilgad. Yeah, that's All not right. bad. Yeah. All right, I'm uh, I'm going the wrong direction. I told you guys, Billy. Well, you have to tell me. I don't think he did, but you said Bill. I said Bill Guerin will use the word culture in his appearance on Judd's hockey show. I think Declan used uh, it in the question. I used it. Declan tried to bait and him. I was so close to baiting him. I was so close. I almost got him to bite. But he didn't. He didn't echo or parrot the no. word culture back. Nope, he did not. All right, and then I said the Suns. I said like early in the playoffs. I think after the first round or something, the Suns will win the NBA championship. Feeling real good about that about a week ago, but alas. All right, listeners. Matt said the 2021 Finals MVP will be named Chris. However, the spelling it doesn't matter, but right. it'll be Chris, Chris Middleton, Middleton, Chris. Paul. Oh, yep, yep. No, no. Man. Giannis. Oh, Jamie. And boys, Dinger. we have a home run here. So yes. Jamie predicted this was before. This is like back in March, before the playoffs, before injuries, everything. He said the Milwaukee Bucks will win the NBA Finals, and we're going to give him a home run. Yeah, for that. That's a definite shot. Nice job, Jamie. All right, Declan, a little bit of a bloodbath for you here. Actually, you said Ian Poulter will finish top fifteen at the Open. He finished T twenty four. Good run for Ian, but you said Seth Rollins will win the men's Money in the Bank ladder match at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. And you said Becky Hammond will be named an NBA coach this offseason. All of the jobs have been filled. A couple things, I think. Uh, I said Matt Dunn will be protected in the expansion draft last week. He was. That was my prediction last week. Let's go through the official record books here. I just want to make sure that... hmm. I said it last week, mm. made the prediction. Let's see here. I have you written down from last week. Like, these are the ones that were in. And I'm just cutting and pasting from the document, okay? You had Seth Rollins winning the Money in the Bank. You had Ian Poulter finishing top 15 at the Open. And you have Marcus Felino and uh, Joel Erickson-Eck being named the next alternate captains for the upcoming season. Was Dumba a couple weeks ago? You have Dumba being traded this summer. Mm-hmm. I do not have in the records a Matt Dumba. Oh, no. Judd, oh. Do you remember this prediction? I thought I made. It. I mean, so in, no, but it doesn't mean I was in my do- in the not the write that down doc. Um, in like oh, my oh. in my doc, 
I always keep like the last. Like I just have the last weeks before I you know replace them and and then make oh, make no. the new ones. Did you did you potentially audible off one of the ones you had written down? I, I remember the air. I, I remember I, your. I think I did your assistant or alternate yeah. captain prediction because I was so yeah. surprised by yeah. it. And I think you audibled oh, off. God. Oh no! Oh, and then you tried to convince the committee. In, well, I, I, in I the asked. Passion of a politician. I asked. I asked. No, you were, I, no saying, you were very confident. You you basically questioned Phil. I'm I'm gonna no, and out. I'm I might be wrong here, but I just wanna I just wanna I remember. I'll lay out my process. So yep. So Declan logs the predictions in a shared Google Doc. I literally on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Maybe a glass of wine sometimes. That's where things oh, could get boy. dicey. All right. Oh, boy, we have an admission of drinking. All right. I will cut and paste everything that's in that document into the official record-keeping spreadsheet. And the three that I cut and pasted from Declan last week were Seth Rollins, Ian Poulter, and then the Marcus Felino, Joel Erickson Act predictions. I remember that one. Okay. What, okay. Do you, what do you have written down in your unofficial doc? That Matt Dunn will be protected in the expansion draft. By the wild. Well, what are the other ones you have written down? Do you have three or do you um, have well, four? No, do you I not I, have one of these written down. No, I had the I had the Poulter and the Rollins one written down, and I had the Dumbo written down in my doc, and I I audibled and and you audibled off. myself. Oh, there hasn't no. there hasn't been this type of disagreement and acrimony since Rand Paul and Fauci. <laughs> oh my god! So and, you had the scripted plays, mm-hmm. and you deviated. You you de- this is and I, then this, you forgot. No, you I think what happened was Judd. You are Jamie Fox right now in any given Sunday, yeah. right? Like just just run the plays oh, that are called. God. Okay. Oh my god! And then well, yeah, he's not Tom Selleck. I wa- there's another one that I wanted to bring up, but I there is a technicality involved that I, I don't, and I don't want to waste more time. But um, because did, did you watch <laughs> wow. did you watch The Bachelor yet, Phil? Are you caught up? I have not yet. No. Okay, then never mind. Then I ne- we'll then I definitely won't week. say. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, Got so here's it. the updated batting averages. Judd Zolgad at 394 <laughs> with four home runs. I'm at 333 <laughs> with two home runs. Declan's at 324 with two home runs. Listeners have tied for the home run lead with a fourth home run, and they're hitting 313 on the season. Listeners have also taken the all-time home run lead with 13 career home runs. Oh, my so, God. Dude, I, 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 Write it down. You like writing no, things. I don't I, know I, what to say. Like, I... I just log. I just log what's no, in. That, it's, it's you me. just work here. You, you I just, just work here. I just work. Just here. Work I literally here. I just pulled a Seattle Seahawks and decided to pass on the goal line. <laughs> like which I, one did I you had, audible? Which I audible the dumb one. The Felino, he went yeah, to the Felino. The Felino I think either Judd or a listener made an alternate captain one, and then me being out of spite, like oh, I'm gonna put mine in there, and then I literally just. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Oh. Boy. All right, let's get Toby in here. Toby is our guest listener predictor here for Write That Down. And uh, he actually he had the full tie on. He has, now, he, he has now dressed down away from the full tie, but he's got the suit jacket and the collared Rick Spielman shirt here. So what's going on, Toby? Living the dream, my friends. Great to be on. Uh, you know, excited. What, awesome. What's the jersey behind you, Toby? That is the one and only. I may have 100% of the ever-sold inventory of the Moritz Boringer NFL oh. Vikings jerseys. <laughs> Way to wow. go. I love yeah, it. I, uh, my, dad, my, my, my dad's name is also Gunther, and uh, I have an umlaut in my name, which is not on the, the, the thing there. So Boringer is the second player only to have a special character on his jersey name but i like as it as far as i know yeah that is awesome what an amazing amazing pull it also like it fits in line with the Mackie and judd jersey wearing yep. rules where you, you you can't wear a jersey of someone who's younger than you unless it's for funny or ironic purposes <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and that would definitely fit the bill. So here's how this works. We're going to go around the room, three three trips around the room. We're going to start with Toby, over to Judd, Declan, and back to me. The predictions must be quantifiable. That's pretty much the only main rule here. So, Toby, why don't you lead us off? Fire away with your first prediction. Write this down. All right. I do like writing things down. So uh, this is a, a comment about laundry. So last year... The Vikings had were actually pretty good in the number of penalties that they had the entire season. So they had 93 the entire season. Mm-hmm. So I speculate that because of some of the offensive line changes, that in the first six weeks we'll be top 10 in fewest penalties. But at the end of the season, after we straighten these things out, we'll be top five at the end of the season. Fewest penalties uh, over the course of the entire six, or 17 games this time. So just to reiterate here, so this is a, a two a two item parlay. Yes. So you're saying uh, they're going to be. Re, can you repeat the prediction just real quick? Just so we yeah. So they will have the the in the top ten the least amount of uh, penalties in the first uh, before the bye week, and then at the end of the season they'll be top five. Okay. So they're going to yeah. start pretty well and then get really good toward the yeah. second half. After they make some important changes to the offensive line after the holding penalties uh, come in in full force in the first few weeks. I think if Dakota Dozier just stays off of uh, <laughs> that is that is I didn't want to say it, but that is what I'm thinking. I think Garrison right. might might get called early and also probably clean it up pretty quickly. So that's a good prediction. Judley. All right. This one will come off the board by next Wednesday. Shohei Otani will hit at least two home runs for the Angels versus the Twins in their four game series that starts Thursday. Like it. So Otane will go deep at least twice in the series at Target Field, with at least being the key thing, because if he goes deep more than twice, I want yeah. the point. Okay, I know that he's leading the league in home runs. He's got like 35 or whatever it is, yep. but I I think that's a home run. It's a three-game series, right? Four. You okay. said it. It's, thir- it's Thursday through Sunday. Okay. So he's on. He's hitting like a home run every yeah, other Yeah, I don't know. What's a, I, I got a self-report run. here. If, if I don't you know said four, I think if you said four, Oh that yeah, would be a home is, run. Yeah, two. Yeah. I think two is fairly safe. Two yeah. is like he says at least four is the season. Yeah. Four is aggressive. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just checking. I appreciate it. All right. O- over to Declan here. Are we on script or off script? Oh, here? We're on script. Oh, we're on boy. script. <laughs> this is. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be he up gets at so night. mad. I'm going to be. I, I so see Declan get that... less upset about his relationships than he does about right that uh, down. Which might tell you something about the length of his relationships. Thanks, Phil. Um, <laughs> Sorry, people overrated. No, oh write that down forever. Agreed. Agreed. My first prediction: <laughs> Jose Barrios will be traded at the deadline, but Byron Buxton will not be moved. Okay. So I'm going to say Barrios is moved. Buxton is not. So Jose Barrios will be traded at the deadline, but Byron Buxton will not be moved. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. I I'm going to go with this one. Write this down. The Wild will come to terms on a deal with Kaprizov before the, I'll just say before the start of the mm-hmm. season. And it'll be four years or less mm. guaranteed. Almost. You'd, ha- you'd have to tell me if there's like, like, if there's like a mutual option thing that they do in the NHL, but I'm going to say yeah. it'll be like an ironclad four year deal or less. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay. All right. So he's going to kind of get his way. Yep. The Wild would love five, six, seven, eight years. Yep. He just wants to be a free agent before he's out of his prime, so they're going to compromise. Great Ranger, Phil. He's going to be, be a four. great Ranger. God. Honestly, if he gives four more years of 
Like if you get them from age what be twenty four through twenty eight or whatever, like I'm fine with that. The time is now. And then now. if he wants to go play somewhere else, yes, whatever. Write it down. You like writing things down. Yep. All right, back to Toby. Your second prediction. All right, back to the Vikings here. So last year, the total turnover ratio for the Vikes was minus one. So not too shabby, about league average. So I think this year in the no excuses motto, they are going to continue to improve upon that, and they will finish the season top 10 in turnover ratio. Okay. Yeah, a, lot, well. a lot of things adding up to a big season here for the Vikings. Top 10 in, in turnover spring. ratio will be very good news. Mm-hmm. Hope springs Write eternal. Down. You like writing Vikings things down? down. Yep. <laughs> Has right. to. Judd, your second prediction. Okay, with, with the expansion draft now and a lot of people in the NHL talking about how can the Seattle Kraken be the next Vegas Golden Knights who made the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year, you can write this down. The Seattle Kraken, Phil's team will not make the playoffs this coming season. <laughs> Love how you're trying to force this team on me, just geographically. Well, they're right there. You're within walking distance of the yeah, building. I'm, a, I'm now a huge Washington State. Uh, is it the Cougars? Sorry, yeah. Gophers. They're, in, they're Sorry. a new team. You could turn over a new hockey <laughs> leaf. But anyway, Dex, the Kraken will <laughs> not it. make the playoffs this season. Well, you gotta, you, I, I, like, I like their logo. It's a cool logo. You and, you and Katie Thurston just going to Kraken games. You're living my best life out there, Phil. I know. You're living my best Listen, life Katie, the Bachelorette Katie does tend to comment on my TikTok videos. Yeah, so. I saw Thank that. Thank you, because I was going to ask, just... who, who is Katie Thurston? Thanks oh, for telling me. Man. She's the Bachelorette. The Declan Write it down. You like writing I'm, things I'm down. With... Declan and every other man in America is yeah. in love with her. I, I, yeah, big fan. Big Katie guy. All right, Dex, your second. All right, I also have a Kaprizov prediction. Phil almost had it word for word, but I have it a little, little different here. Kirill Kaprizov and the Minnesota Wild will agree to a contract of exactly five years. So they'll have a five-year contract. So Kirill Ooh. Kaprizov and the Minnesota Wild will agree on a contract of exactly five years. Okay. I think if, if that happens, is it a home run? I mean, you're yeah. nailing the yes. number of I years think, here. I think run. so. I think it's, yeah, I think if we start making predictions that get the years or the dollars, for instance, right, Yeah. That be, because because we're now probably very smartly quantifying things by saying five years or more, Five years or less. Yep. So I think if you come out and do what Declan just did, that now qualifies as a definite home run. Yeah, yeah. For you're with, nailing uh, with, it. with a few, uh, with a few exceptions. Sure. If there's obvious cases, but yes, 100. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, all right. Write this down. I I'm sitting here. You guys may think that this is just water in this uh, Dave and Buster's cup that I'm holding here. It is Timberwolves Kool Aid actually that I am drinking right now, and I will tell you, vodka and what else then? And Kool-Aid. I, I, I literally just emptied. It's, it's, it's just like, it's basically just a WAP here. Combined, it's wine, it's four <laughs> different alcohols, and it's, it's, the, it's the Timberwolves blue oh. and gray colors. All right. Uh, write this down. The Timberwolves will win a playoff game next year. The Wolves will win, I would say, at least a playoff game. And that doesn't count the play-in. I'm talking about the playoffs. All right. Yeah. So if they will win, like once, how, if they have to go through the plan, that's great. But they will win at least a playoff game next year. How can right you now. make that okay. prediction and not fire Ode to Joy? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. I mean, it's such a low bar, I guess. But yeah, that's kind of where we're at. It's kind of where we're at here. All right, back over to Toby. Your final prediction, sir. All right. The end of the season, the Vikes will. Follow the rule of tens. They will have at least ten wins. 
They will be a top 10 offense, and they will be in the top 10 defensively. There's a home run. Yeah, and if I think if they are top 10 offense defense and they don't get to 10 wins, then the special teams must be just an absolute garbage fire. Yes. So we'll see. You, uh, you just put together, Toby, what is basically the formula for a good playoff team, right? Yeah. Between the penalties not being high, the, yeah, I, I think the wins, it, the... Exactly. If they can do everything well, they don't have to be great at Correct. some things. They can just be solid and steady. That's Correct. kind of, I think, the Zimmer mentality. Yeah. And just be good enough to get in and then get trounced in the second <laughs> round, right? That's that's all we really what want here doing? in Minnesota. Just what be you, good enough to get what in, what, get what trounced. We don't have any aspirations to be great. Let's raise the bar. Um, all right, Toby, nice job on these predictions. Since you've got this life-changing platform here right now on <laughs> Mackie and Judd, is there anyone in your life you'd like to thank that brought you to this point? Yeah, I'd like to thank my wife, Lisa, for putting up with my uh, depression slash anger slash destruction of furniture, ceiling tile through various, uh, you know, years of the Vikings. Um, Yeah. So for her support and to my dogs who tolerate me you know, yelling because they get very scared when I yell at the TV. (laughs) What's the most impressive uh, thing that that a sports loss in this town has made you break? Um, I had a stick in my hand, and when Cook had the Pop-Tart fumble against the Saints, which w- actually wasn't a fumble, you, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. it pops in the air, yep. uh, I like took the stick and started banging it against the ground, but on the backswing, I actually hit the ceiling tile and damaged the ceiling. <laughs> so that was, that was the most destructive I was. So. Just, I love it. You know, just a few thousand dollars in home repair, you know, don't worry about it. The man wears a tie, okay? He can afford those repairs. <laughs> Clearly. He wears a tie. He must have a billion dollars to uh, damage homes because of Minnesota sports. All right, Toby, great stuff. We'll get you on again sometime, and we appreciate your uh, your swings here today, man. Thanks so much. Great show, guys. Really, really enjoy yeah. listening to you guys. Thanks, man. All right, thank you. That's Toby. Right Guest listener Toby. The mobile, yeah, the more it's boring or dirty in the background. That's, that's coming to the show Prime, with something. Dude. Yes. Love to see that. All right, Judd, your final prediction. So, Rockaball Deli, Derek Falvey, and Thad Levine, in my opinion, are all safe. Like, I don't think they're going to be fired. But this twin season has been such a colossal disaster. And, and I know a few months ago I made a prediction about the hitting coach, which has not come to fruition yet. But I got to think that somebody's going to pay the price here. Like, you're not just sort of bad. You're awful. Dude, they they, and, they are so indifferent. They feel and, it, it just, oh, we'll just make excuses and ride this out and lose. All right. I'm going to cool. start. I'm going to start with this one. I think it's a hot take. I ran past Jake DePew on Talking Twins on Monday, but I want it written down. Damn it. Wes Johnson will not return as the Twins pitching coach next season. Somebody's got to take the fall for this. And that pitching staff has been really disappointing. The bullpen's awful. So Wes Johnson will not return as the Twins pitching coach next season. Okay. Got someone's got to be held accountable for this garbage pitching situation. Okay, Declan, your final prediction. Yeah, I will make a uh, Twins one as well. Brent Rooker will be called up by the Twins by the end of the month. Brent Rooker's been destroying baseballs in St. Paul the last, like, month and a half. And I think he's going to get called up. Is it Larnick's just been... Kind of a he's been pretty bad, been yeah. pretty been kind of a disaster. I know Diving Jake might be the more likely one to get called up, but uh, as my fandom for Brent Rooker, who I wanted out of the team out of spring training, and my also disdain for Diving Jake, I will say Brent Rooker will be called up by the Twins by the end of the month. Lamont Way Jr. jacked another one for the Giants last night. He's got like an eight fifty OPS. Great. Plays center field as needed. 
Yep. Didn't need him. Journeyman pitcher Sean Anderson, who's been with nine teams this season. Nice trade. I'm not bitter at all. Write this down. After the Bucks won a championship last night as I examine our Minnesota sports teams. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, my final prediction is presented by our friends at Dennis Kirk because sometimes I just want – I just got the, the, the urge to hop on a bike and ride far away from Minnesota sports as much as I love them. Like, uh, And Dennis Kirk, whatever you ride, a Harley, a Metro Cruiser, a sport bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. They've got 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. And if you order by 8 p.m., they ship the same day. And shipping is free for orders over $89. When the open road calls, head to DennisKirk.com. All right, final prediction. It's been a while since I've made a bachelorette prediction, and I do owe it to Declan, who has a prediction of his own, that I will whiff on at least five bachelor-related predictions. I want to take the swings. I want to I want to get to the qualified amount of plate appearances here. Now I have not seen this week's episode, mm-hmm. so you can stop me if like okay. if I'm already right or wrong on this. But by the time I don't think it I don't think it would have played out at all this way yet. But by the time we get to the end of this season, okay. So to set this up, ordinarily the formulaic way this goes is there are two guys left at the end. Both are dressed up to get married, and they both at separate times walk down the aisle, so to speak, and stand in front of the bachelorette. And then she rejects the first one and then marries the second one, right? I'm going to say, write this down. The end of this season will not play out in that fashion. I don't know how it will play out, but it will not play out in the standard bachelor-bachelorette formulaic fashion where there are two guys remaining. They both walk down the aisle in their outfits like something will happen okay. that sort of sort of prevents that from happening. It, yeah, right. I guess like how I wrote that down is the end of the Bachelorette season will not play out with two guys walking down the aisle. I just it, that's kind of yep. is that fine? Yep, is that the quantifiable. And then we can debate. You know, okay. we can debate if there's some. Yeah. I think you and I can. You and I can. Yeah, you and I can. I'm gonna kinda, sit this one out. Yeah, yeah. Judd, Judd can <laughs> sit that one out. I'm sitting this one out. Yeah, there, there's there's two Bachelor <laughs> predictions that I thought could have come off the board for this week. One of them is a spoiler that would potentially involve for you not seeing this week's episode. And then with Paradise now starting and that cast mostly all ensembled, um, I thought I made one with, I forget who the horrible person was on The Bachelor, the girl that like had the, the crown and the queen. Um, I think oh, she's that a, gal. Um, yeah. Dude, I forget she her. Was she was, she was awful. And I, I, but she's oh, on Paradise. I know she's on Paradise. So oh, good. I, thought, I thought I said she'd be on Paradise. But yes. Bachelorette, man. I'm excited. Yeah, she had like a sty on her eye for the last three episodes. Yeah. I, she had like I was, a growth on her eye. That's I was convinced weird. she was a producer. I, and actually, she very well still could Probably be. Probably was. Yeah. Probably still was. Probably still was. Um, all right, boys. Let's, um, let's dive in here real quick to the latest report on Kirill Kaprizov and the Minnesota Wild here. We, uh, there was a couple of predictions that sort of touched on what we think is going to happen, but the great Pierre Lebrun in the athletic. And is it fair to say like Mount Rushmore of NHL newsbreakers? He's, like he's on there. He's, take he's it to the bank, good. right? Yeah. Take he's it to very, the bank. He's very plugged in. Is he on the Mount Rushmore? Is he, is he on the, floor? I would say, so. I, I, I think so, Judd. Yeah. Elliot Friedman, Elliot Friedman's on the Mount Rushmore. Darren Drager, Bob McKenzie was, he's retired a little bit now. Um, Lebron. I mean, there's like a few guys, who would be vying? Frank? But LeBron is, but but LeBron, much like Rosenthal, if he writes it, 
He's got a good source. Fra- Frank Cervelli has been the one who's literally tweeting out every single Seattle he got his own player. Because web- he got his own website. That's coming it's out genius. right now. Yeah. It's absolutely genius. And yeah. somebody at ESPN has to tell these jokers, just like they did with tipping draft picks in football and basketball, quit giving us the entire expansion list. This was supposed to be fun tonight, and now it's it's going to be done, including yeah. some breaking wild news. So you guys, yeah, you, well, you guys will do the full – there'll be a, a Judd's yeah. Hockey Show where you guys will do a full recap of the expansion draft and – who the wild boss looks like Susie. Um, but Pierre Lebrun said, I'm just going to read this. Kirill Kaprizov has a legit offer from, is it pronounced CSKA Moscow? Correct. Is that what we're doing? Yep. Okay. Correct. Sources confirm. Mm-hmm. And so where this goes now will be interesting. So he's a restricted free agent. If he wants to go back and play in the KHL, he can. Um, there's more money in the NHL, but there's also, it's Russia. So maybe they've got some money under the table. Pay. Pay him his money. Uh, uh, yeah, vodka. While there, are, vodka. while there are some who view it as leverage in talks with the Wild, it is nevertheless believed to be true that there's a pretty big offer to Kaprizov from the KHL club. An issue so far between the Wild and Kaprizov's camp is believed to be term. Minnesota is offering an eight-year deal, while the players' camp has expressed a desire for a three-year deal. So... Do you guys think that there's a legit chance that he would go back and play in the KHL? What like what do you make of this report and how viable is it that the Wild are in a tough situation here with one of the best players in the league? So Kaprizov's agent clearly continues to use guys like his friend Kevin Weeks who now is going to be with ESPN who's a former National Hockey League goaltender who was also Weeks's agent at one point. And now LeBron's like a step up because like Weeks is like, well, he's affiliated with the guy and, you know, he's not a real a reporter. And now this goes to a credible reporter. So there's something going on behind the scenes here. Dex, what's your on a scale of one to ten? What's your level of concern about Kaprizov flat out not coming back here right now with LeBron's report? Because Bill Guerin obviously attempted to just completely dismiss Weeks's tweet a few weeks back. It's a six. Six out of ten. Um, this first started about a month ago. Yeah, that's a. Yeah, Judd, I like to hear that. Judd, Judd, Judd asked me the same question, and I said four, because this is when about a month a month ago is when the Kevin Weeks thing came down. I said four. This is nothing. It's fine. Then it grew to a five a couple weeks back, and now it's definitely at a six. I, if we're entering seven now, we're like we are in the DeathCon two to three stage. Like it, the, the scramble the Jets, nuclear war is imminent. I'm now. I am panicking. We're all going to die. Um, I'm at a six. I'm 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 one call away from with the new codes. Like I'm I'm one call away. I'm at a six right now with with this news. I'm at a six. So so you you are basically Bill Pullman. One call away. You're, you're about to fly the spaceship right. up thing to defeat stand the by. bad guys. Yes, the military is okay. on standby. Okay. No pun intended. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so my concern right now would be a would not be as high as Dex, but it it's a five. It's one step down from Dex, and here's why. I think there's a lot of unknown here. Um, the known factor is this one. This is clearly a negotiating ploy, okay? And if this was like a player from the States or from Canada, you'd say it's a complete negotiating ploy. He's coming back. Uh, he, he wants to play here. Best league in the world. Uh, KHL yeah, you're not going to move to Russia. That doesn't yeah, make sense. If, yeah. Exactly. But because this – but here's the here's why I put it at a five, and the unknown is this. And I said this when the week's tweet came out. 
for everybody who's like he ain't no nah, it's no nah, it's bs it's bs it's not it's not going to going to happen problem is we don't know a thing about this kid and i said this last time um he came here during a pandemic he was phenomenal but he basically i think for the most part sat in his apartment uh ate in yeah you well but that was after it started to subside but my point is we have no idea about his relationship with his family we have no idea you know what shocking what if he liked russia and i know that wouldn't make a lot of sense but he's from there so yeah all I'm saying is to dismiss this as a complete negotiating ploy and be like, it's BS, don't worry about it, seems to me to be a little bit overzealous and confident, and there's some hubris in that. I think he stays here and signs a shorter-term deal than the Wild would like, but I would feel better about this if we had actually covered the kid and like got a feel for him, like with Ant, right? Like with Ant, we saw him on Zooms, and we know, and, and Kaprizov is not comfortable speaking English at this point. So when he did do stuff, it was through an interpreter, which was not much. And no, I'm not going to say he was bad for the sport because he used an interpreter. Uh, but we didn't really get to know him at all. So there's a, there are some things here that I just would encourage people not to completely dismiss because you're so confident he's not going. Yeah. It's so strange because ordinarily when you have these situations between teams and players, it's the the player wants more money, more term, right? Remember when Bryce Harper was a free agent like four years ago, I want to say, when he was potentially going to leave Washington and Philadelphia was in the mix. And that thing dragged out until the first week of spring training. Basically it was like a five month free agency mm-hmm. back and forth because teams were offering like seven, eight, nine year deals for whatever, like $25 million a year. And he's saying, no, I want 10 eventually got, I think he got like a 13 year contract with Philadelphia yeah, for 300 plus million dollars. Yeah. So usually it's the player who's trying to leverage whatever leverage he has to get more money per year and more term. And in this case, the Wild are offering eight years. They're basically saying, we've seen enough. One year, not a fluke. We, we think you're going to sustain this level of performance for the rest of your career. And we are comfortable after seeing you for one year, giving you an eight-year contract that takes you into your early 30s. Mm-hmm. And we're, gonna, we're ready to put a ring on it, baby. For and, what, and do we have any idea what the money is like eight to ten eight. million a year? I think a floor eight. of eight is this is a safe assumption. Yeah, Russo is reporting it's it's eight times eight point five or nine. Now he yeah. might want ten as well. He might want to get to ten, but yeah, it's a it's substantial. And 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 now you have a player that's saying I don't want to. I'm, I'm not going to commit that. I'm a commitment phobe. I uh, I'd, I'd rather commit for three years, be a free agent again when I'm still in my prime. But if you're the Wild, don't you just say yes at some point? Like, all right, so it'd be great to get him for eight years. We could still get him for eight years just on two contracts. We you know just have to bid against other teams. Like, wouldn't you just say yes to a four-year deal? What's think, like, what's what's what would stop the Wild from just agreeing to what he wants? Well, I think eventually, what you just said, Phil, might have to happen. But I think right now, in Garen's mind, there's enough room to play around with. There's time, and I think that's why. The agent keeps going back to the offer from CSKA Moscow because he's trying to be like, no, you've got to sign him now to the contract he wants. And Garrett's like, well, training camp doesn't start till September, so there's time here to, to still talk. And I think that yeah. he hopes he, he's convincing him. that I think the final step in deciding this is going to be Garen actually going uh, to Moscow to see Kaprizov and sit down directly with him instead of going through the third party. 
and and seeing if the kid will sign. Now, the interesting thing about this and what scares and should scare Garen is Artemi Panarin, who started with the Blackhawks and got traded to Columbus and had a bridge deal and eventually signed a big deal with the New York Rangers, mm-hmm. uh, like Kaprizov, fired his agent and hired the agent Kaprizov currently has. And so this guy might be an art of the deal, which is to walk your client into free agency and then not only get a killer of an of a deal which i think if you go to a different team would be seven years but also go to a team that you want and then just, you know let's just say he sees panarin with the rangers and thinks that looks cool um <laughs> but, but but what's so intriguing about this is if he does a three or four year deal what makes this so juicy is you're not going to care as much if he walks away and he might not walk away if you win a cup yeah so, so in my opinion because of the fact that they cleared up cap room with the buyouts and that cap room is going to go away after a season, there is enormous pressure on the wild, not to be building in 2021, 22, but to be winning. Yeah. Well, and by the way, in the NBA, you can only sign guys to a max of four and five year contracts. So Mm -hmm. like in, in that sport, it's really no problem at all. If a guy only wants to sign for three or four years, that's standard. So I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't look at this and say, "Oh my God!" If he only signs for four years, then he could go play somewhere else. Oh, okay. Well, we'll 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 figure that out in four years. Yeah. There's a lot to be done. Like the next four years are going to be. It's going to be the fastest he'll ever be. The most agile he'll ever be. Yes. You know, it's it's like you're you're going to be getting when you count last year. If he signs a four year deal, the five basically best years of his career or potential to be the best years of his career. Look at almost any hockey player that's ever skated. Like their prime years are age 23 through 28, 29. It's not really like other sports where, you know, a, a quarterback's prime might not start till he's 28 because he's got to read defenses and he can now he can stay healthy into his late 30s. In baseball, it kind of depends on the style of player, but like there's pitchers that don't figure out how to be an ace until they're 28. And then mm-hmm. 28 through 32 is sort of their, their peak. The NHL is so reliant on speed and agility and quickness and all sorts of things that start to erode once you get into your late 20s, early 30s. So, like, I actually not like, listen, if he wants to sign an eight year deal, I'm in. I would not turn that down the while they're offering it. But I would be a little hesitant to be paying top dollar after what we've seen the last eight years to a guy who's going to be 31, 32, 33. Get him locked up until he's 28 and then figure it out after that. So, I don't see any way this results in him going back to the KHL. Unless, like Judd said, he just loves Russia for some reason. Mother Russia. <laughs> Pass the vodka. I got Russian blood, I'll tell you right now. It might be attractive. Is it is it tempting for you sometimes? Is there to, a KHL station? To move from St. Louis there, Park to Moscow? Is there a KHL station? St. Petersburg, we call it. Okay, that's the homeland. I think I know inter- my Russia. I think their internet is a little bit different than ours, though. Right. It definitely taps into ours. But. Do you know what they like? Hot takes. <laughs> The Russians love hot takes. God, on a cold Russian, cold gray Russian day, some some hot takes. Um, all right, any other thoughts from you guys? I know Declan's panicking. Did we talk you down from a six at all, or are you still a six on the? I'm still a six, show? dude. I am a six, and I'm the, the military is scrambling. Yes, I I have the Navy and the Air Force and the Army. I am the troops are about to be on the ground here very shortly. <laughs> but Dex, you said this too, and and Phil just did as well. It's go time. It's go time. Like, it's go like, time. But you're nervous about what's going to uh, possibly transpire in four or five years, but it's go time now. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean, this team is set up to sign guys for this year 
This team is set up to win next season. The, the, the window is open right now. Let's let's figure this out right now. I'm not worried about five, six years down the road. I'm not worried about when those cap hits come off with Parisian Suter. You have to figure this out in three years now. A right uh, quick shout out to our friends at Federated Insurance and the Federated Challenge, which is an annual event that supports Big Brothers Big Sisters, which is uh, they just do amazing community focused work. 116 years of one to one mentoring to help ignite our nation's youth. And since 2005, the Federated Challenge has raised over forty one million dollars for Big Brothers Big Sisters. Big Brothers Big Sisters dot org to find out more. Um, but thanks to to partners like Sit Investment Associates, Minnesota Timberwolves and Lynx, Holborn Corporation, uh, helping to drive a lot of that fundraising. So awesome stuff. Want to shine a light on it. And if you're a business owner, definitely check out federatedinsurance.com to find out how they can help you maximize your business. Um, all right. That was a lot of stuff today on the show. A little Caprice off alarm. Write that down predictions and uh, ranting about why Minnesota sports can't be as good as Wisconsin sports. If you ever miss anything we do, the Score North app and scorenorth.com are great central hubs for Mackie and Judd, Royce Unchained, Purple Daily, Scoop of Doogie, Judd's written work. And tomorrow is Reckless Speculation Thursday, boys. We'll get to this Gallinari report from Dane Moore tomorrow, too. It's a new name in the Timberwolves hunt for beefing up the roster. We'll talk about that tomorrow. See you guys. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.